Good morning, God's wonderful people. Here we are again another day, another brand new day, a brand new slate, a brand new book. It doesn't matter how you want to term it. What you have today is a brand new dawn. And on this dawn, you have an opportunity to tell of his goodness and to tell of his wondrous works, to declare him, to manifest him in the things you say, in the things you do, to show forth God and to show forth the quality of God in you. There's no better way to be a man than to declare and manifest what you are created to be. Man was created to be the image of God and that you must do with everything that is within you. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. That's a reading from Psalm 119 from verse 9 to verse 16. This particular psalm is very unique and has some, some very unique features. Because this particular psalm, it goes to every letter of the Hebrew alphabet and in eight verses, it gives a reading on each of those letters. So, it means that within the, con the context of those eight verses, each of those verses will begin with that Hebrew letter. So, it means that it begins with the letter Aleph. And each of the first eight verses begins with the letter Aleph. Then in verse 9, it begins with the letter Beit. And each verse in that, in that eight verses begins with the letter Beit. So I've read to you the section of this um, chapter that talks about and gives you that reading for the letter Beit. Now it means that each verse in this section is about the letter Beit. Now, there's only one word here. That begins with the letter bait that is not a preposition. Because every other verse begins with a preposition. That is the letter bait. Be. Now, here the only word in this section of Psalm 119 that begins with the letter bait is the word that begins verse 12. In your Bible, it says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. In the Hebrew text, it will begin with the word Baruch. And Baruch is the word for blessed. All right, that means blessed. So that's the only word there that begins with the bait that is not a preposition. So it means that every other verse, the bait that begins those verses is a preposition. 
For example, in verse 9, where it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? That word, wherewithal, is the letter bath. So it actually, the, the actual literal translation of the word there is with what? Right? With what? That's a literal translation there. With what? And that's how we translate it in present day English anyway. This is Old English from 1611. Now, verse 10 begins and say, with my whole heart. So that word, that word with is a letter bait. Verse 11, thy word have I in in mine heart. Where's the letter bait here? It's that word in. So in my heart, that's bait, in. So it means that that verse in the Hebrew text begin with in mine heart. Right? Will I hide your word? So, in verse ver, in the verses to continue, verse thirteen begins with the with. That's again the letter bath with my lips, and verse fourteen I have rejoiced in the way. So in the way, so in there is the bath, and that's where it begins. That verse, verse fifteen begins with in as well. I will meditate in thy precepts. That, the, that the, in thy precepts is what begins the verse in the Hebrew text. I will delight myself in thy statutes. In thy statutes, that's where it begins. So each of these verses begin with that preposition that is the letter bait. So letter bait is that preposition in or with. Why is it that the letter bait would be used as that preposition in or with? Why would that be the case? Because, like we said, the letter bait is a house. A house is a place for you to live in. And the letter bait also has in it the understanding of covenant. So the letter bait, again, is going to symbolize and speak of covenant. We talked about that in our last episode, episode, that in the bait we have this symbolism of covenant. And it speaks to covenant. But let's also take time out to look back at this. To see how this letter bait brings us out. We had... Stated in our last episode that the bait is formed with a vav and a resh. Now, everything about a Hebrew letter is going to be significant because each of the features of that letter is going to add to or impact on its meaning. So, the way the letter is formed impacts on its meaning as well. And remember, we said that every Hebrew letter is a composition or is comprised of two at least i mean two um at least two other hebrew letters in this case the bait is formed from a vav and a resh so in this case the the vav and the resh here is showing to us that the head and the foundation is is linked together so the head because resh is the head of man and the vav means to connect. It's the nail that connects or the peg that holds something firm. And there in the bait, the valve is laid horizontally as the foundation of the house. Telling us that the foundation of any house is the connection between God and man. But then the resh sits on top of that foundation. So that tells us also that the head of the house, the head which makes the house, or the man who is the head in the house, his headship, 
the head is supported and established and hold in place by that connection between God and man. So you can't be the head of a house without being connected with God. You're not going to be successful. The man who wants to rule or to govern his house has to govern that house by virtue of his connection with God. But not only that, the resh and the vav there also will demonstrate to us this whole concept of covenant. How does it do that? By its gematria, we can see covenant coming forth and being with coming forth. The resh values 200. That's a gematria for the resh. And the vav is 6. So the gematria for the form of the letter bait is 206. Now, what's the significance of 200? What does 200 mean? Now, I know that some would say that 200 in scriptures means insufficiency. But I tend not to agree with that. I'm not saying it cannot be shown that 200 can be can symbolize insufficiency. I, I won't disagree with that because, you know, you, you, you can see elements of what the person is declaring concerning that. But I'm, what I've learned is that if you want to know what a letter means, you look at the first place that letter is used in the Hebrew text, the Bible. If you want to know what a word means, a Hebrew word, you would also find the first place that word is used and look at the context where that word is used and that will also teach you about the word. So the first place where this number 200 is used is going to teach us about 200. And the first place this number is used in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 23, where it tells us that Sirog lived after he begot Nahor 200 years. So after he begot Nahor, his first son, he lived 200 years and begot other sons and daughters. There 200 is used in connection with Sirog. That name Sirog is derived from a Hebrew word which means to intertwine or to wrap together. Right? So Sirog comes from the root word which means to intertwine or to wrap together. Now Sirog is used there in connection with 200 and that shows us a picture of 200 being connected with being wrapped up with something or being intertwined or two things being intertwined. The next occurrence of 200 in the Bible is with Jacob offering a present to his brother. That's in Genesis 32 verse 40. Now this one is very significant because the second time that this 200 is being used in scripture. And let's see if we see a different context or a similar context. Jacob is coming back home from Laban's house back to his father's household where they used to live. Now, he's going come back to his hometown. And his brother, he saw. The last time he saw his brother, they were at odds and his brother swore to kill him. Now he's coming back home. He prepares a gift for his brother because he wants to appease his brother. The intent is to appease his brother and to make amends and to once more be reunited with his brother. That was his intent. Now, if you look at the gifting that Jacob brought his brother, it's going to teach you something here. But we know his intent here is to be reunited with his brother, to be wrapped up or intertwined with his brother. Again, same context coming out. But the gifting that he brought is very significant. Now, it says that Jacob brought and prepared 200 she-goats and 200 e-goats. 
All right. It continued and it says, all right, let's let's detail the numbers. Because one is he brought 200 she goats and 20 e goats. Next gift was 200 hues and 20 rams. Then the next gift is 30 milk camels with their coals. Then he gave him 40 kine. Kine is a cow, female cow. Yeah, the cow is female anyway. And then 10 bulls. All right. And then he gave him 20 she asses and 10 foals. Now, that was a gifting that he brought his brother. Now, here is something very unique that we can learn here, my friends. That these numbers of these gifting that the Bible mentions here is significant. The Bible does not mention details that are unnecessary. Once the Bible gives you a detail, it is going to be significant. It is going to be important to take note of it. So Jacob gifting here, the number of the gifts that he brought to his brother Esau is going to be significant. So, if you remember, every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numeric value. Alright? Has a numeric value. So if we match each of these numbers with a letter in the Hebrew alphabet, let's see what we see and what we discover. 200 is the letter Resht. 20 is the letter calf. So 200 is resh, 20 is calf. 30 is the letter lamed. 40 is the letter mem. 10 is the letter yud. 20 is the letter calf. And 10 is the letter yud. Now that is the, 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 the gifting that he brought. Now, if we group these giftings according to the animals he gave, the type of gifts. So for the goats, he gave 200 she-goats and 20 he-goats. All right, that's for the goats. So that's a resh and a calf. Resh and a calf. That's for the goats, is a resh and a calf. For the sheep, it's a resh and a calf. Then he gave 30 milk camels. It means that these camels were female camels, right? So he gave 30 milk camels. And 30 is the lamed. All right? Now, the next group of gifting he gives, so you have the resh and the calf, the, the resh and the calf together, and the lamed by itself. Then you have the next set of gift is forty kine and ten bulls. That's among the cows, and so therefore you have the mem and the yud. All right, so that's the next group. The last group is of the she asses, twenty she asses and ten foals. That is a calf and a yud. So here, when you look at these groupings of these animals and these type of giftings, these are the words that comes out. Rak, rak, li, and then you have me, and then ki. Now these, these letters grouping are actual words. Because, because that word rak that we see there, it means tender, or it means to make tender. All right, so rakak. If, when, when you combine these two, rock, rock and rock, you end up with a word, rakak. And rakak means to make tender towards, all right? Or to make tender, rather. So that, and then we go to the next group now, which is the lamed, the 30. So lamed is, is, a, is a preposition. The, the, the letter lamed is used as a preposition, and it, it can be interpreted to mean towards or with. It's a marker of extension to a special goal. So it's towards something. 
all right so it's that that letter lamed is toward that's the preposition towards or to then you have me now me is the word which means who or whomever all right who or whoever then we have the key now key is that word for it means simply it is a uh, it speaks of a preposition it's a prepositional prefix that is used with words to indicate causal um, relations of all kinds all right now here in this gift that jacob has prepared we are seeing here a literal prayer that jacob is praying and here's what jacob is praying make tender-hearted towards me whoever this is for that's the statement he makes with this gift. When you interpret these words that we have comprised here with the numbering of his giftings, this is what it says. Make tender-hearted towards me, whoever this is for. So by the gift he put together, the man is declaring a prayer to God. And I believe Esau would have understood that the gift that he's bringing is to make his heart tender towards, Dave, towards Jacob. So this is the intent of Jacob. To make his brother's heart tender towards him. Why? Because he wants to reunite with his brother. So here again, we see 200 being associated with coming together and being intertwined. It was Jacob's intent to be united with his brother. Here in the bait, we see a declaration of the intent of God. What is God's intent? You see, the bait is creation. We talked about that. Because creation is a house. Of God. But here in the bait, we also see the number one intent of God. God's eternal intention is to be connected with his creation. That is God's intent. So the 200 here, it speaks of covenant. Yes, but the number six is God and man connected in covenant. So remember, the six is the vav. So 206 is declaring to us that the connect God is a covenant between God and man. That's what it's declaring because 200 is covenant. Six is the connection between God and man. So this 206 is declaring to us that there's a covenant between God and man. The covenant that connects God with man. So here in the bait, is declaring the eternal intent of God, and that is to become one with his creation. That has always been God's intent. That has always been God's intention to be connected with his creation, to be one with his creation. Here we see, my friends, that this letter bait is declaring to us the entire message of Scripture. It is declaring to us what Scripture is all about. That's why I'll say to you that the first letter of the Bible declares to us the entire message of the Bible encapsulated. It encapsulates the entire message of the scriptures. Will you just let it pass by like that? Or won't you want to know what this one letter talks about? When I tell you that you can spend an entire lifetime learning by just looking at one Hebrew letter, it is not an exaggeration. It's a fact. Because one of these letters is so filled with the truth of God 
and the truths that God wants us to know that you can never ever exhaust what they what they teach. So in this bait, in this letter alone, we are seeing the manifestation of the full message of the scripture. What is about what's the message here? God desires to be united with his creation. When God made Adam and Eve, it was his desire to always be in unity with them. The Bible says he came down in the cool of the evening every day to have fellowship with Adam and Eve. That was his practice. God has always desired to be one with his creation. The bait tells us that. It tells us that a house is established and sustained as long as the head remains connected with his, with his God in covenant. If you are the head of your house, you must be connected with God in covenant. If you are not connected with God in covenant, you are jeopardizing your potential to lead your family. A man leads his family when he is connected with God. Absent that connection with God, you are not leading your family well. You are heading for disaster. So any man who wants to govern or rule his house well or lead his family well must maintain his connection with God. Because absent that connection, that connection with God is the foundation of your house. Absent that connection, your house cannot stand. This is part of the reason why Christ says, listening to the word of God and doing what the word of God says is like a wise man building his house upon the rock. The rock here, my friends, is your covenant with God. Your connection with God is a rock upon which every house must be built. So my friends, let us build our house well so that when the storms come and the waters rise and the floods come, it will not demolish our house. The mighty God, even Jehovah, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. In this psalm, we see a declaration of God's intent. He says, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by, to me by sacrifice. My friends, it is God's desire to be united with you. Will you take the time out to be united with him? Will you make the commitment, the sacrifice to give yourself wholeheartedly to him? You cannot have success in this life without your connection with God. As much as an iron cannot function unless it's plugged into that current, you cannot function until you unite with God. You cannot have success until you unite with God. Hallelujah. Father, it is our desire, Lord, to be united with you just as it is yours to be united with us. 
But God, we know we love you and we desire to be with you because you love us and desire to be with us. It is you that has been the pattern of love to us and for us. So by your example, we step forward to show forth love and to be love. Manifest yourself through us today continually as we seek to live our lives for you and to glorify your matchless name. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you and I do too. Shalom. <laughs>